So, Julie, there is another uh, section of copy from your thesis um, that I pulled, and I'd like for you to, if you don't mind, read it. Sure. All right. Right. There you go. Mm -hmm. Even the issue of working with men with sex offense convictions has been a process of making peace with irreconcilable parts of myself. I tend to take a hard line on consent violations when I see them in my community or in the culture, particularly as a woman, a feminist, and as a survivor of sexual assault. Like in the situation above, I have to sit in the recognition that working with people who have been convicted of sexual offense is not the same thing as condoning that offense. First, I do not see anyone, including the individual who, who abused me, reduced to a single or even multiple bad choice. I tend to be able to separate the behavior from the person to an extent and recognize that people are dynamic. Behaviors in which they have engaged in the past are not necessarily indicative of the people they are today. Additionally, as a queer person with a highly variant alternative sexuality, I know that to some degree, sexual taboo is provisional. In many places in the world, who and how I love is criminalized now and historically. I'm not comparing queer sexuality to consent issues, but merely attempting to highlight how concepts of sexuality are contingent on external factors. As a culture, we are extremely repressed about sexuality, allowing for scant, quote, acceptable variation in sexual expression or identification. Commonly, dark, deviant sexual impulses are inhibited or shamed if they even surface to consciousness. In prudish U.S. society, sexuality comes out sideways, and often injuriously for many people. Subsequently, we are left with insufficient language for talking about sex. While I will not say that sex offense behavior is right, I suggest it as much more complicated than we culturally or legally acknowledge. Like most injuries, sexual assault may be forgivable as a byproduct of a sad and broken world that seems to be stuck in cycles of trauma. I recognize the seeming contradiction in myself, making space for outrage at rape and rape culture in the morning and spending time with at least a handful of people who have raped in the evening. Thank you very much. Sure. Uh, and now we can all go home. <laughs> um, as I said, that is, that is a very um, compelling uh, piece of copy, and it came out of your pen. Yeah, well, you know, I should mention also, so I was in a, I was in a unit that was for people, as I referenced, with sex events convictions. And I've discovered since then um, that not everyone who I worked with had those offenses. And it, it, it wasn't as homogenous a group as I thought it was. And, you know, there were some people who said, well, I'm not a sex offender. And I thought that they were maybe speaking philosophically, <laughs> like that maybe they weren't guilty or that they didn't think what they did was a sex offense or something. But I've actually um, done a little more research on who was in my group. And there were people who were there for other reasons that were not sex offense. They literally, even their convictions were not sex offense. So, sure. um, but to me, they were, I'm not going to use anybody's real names, but they were... Brad and Ryan and uh, Lloyd and you know uh, you know they were they were these people who I'd grown to have a lot of affection for and just like in um, in people's families for example there might be a an uncle or a grandfather or something who might be uh, you know perpetuating certain abuses uh, half the time and the rest of the time. Um, 
contributing to their family in ways yeah. and contributing to their church or their community in certain ways. And I think that we, we get so, this goes back to the first quote you read, we get so black and white about these things that we throw the baby out with the bathwater while forgetting that a lot of the people who are doing these things are people who had it done to them too. And there's no space for healing those things. We just continue to punish. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a causality thing. Yeah. Um, are you, you're, um, are you a Buddhist? I'm Buddhist inspired. I, um, um, I, 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 you, there was a, there I was have problems with labels. Thank you <laughs> right, very much. Right, right. Well, okay. So did the Buddhists. Yeah. Like, um, I just, there was a contemplative, like a meditation practice, um, at your thesis presentation. At yeah. the same time, anybody in academics knows that if you're going to get a bunch of like artistic people, you, you have to really every, get everybody grounded. I yeah. mean, it's a matter of practical application as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I just, it's also an interview for another day, but, but yeah. I, I do a lot of, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I, I pick and choose from world religions uh, yeah. liberally as well. Right. Um, and, um, and it, and I, I thank goodness I would be in trouble if I didn't. Right. Um, it informs a lot. I mean, it's, it's part of being alive and I just, I, I think that's, that's kind of a, I, I Religious studies are, are, are an affinity of mine, and I've deviated from the subject matter uh, just to put that question. Well, actually, I'll, I'll circle back on something that we were talking about earlier about the way we tend to compartmentalize, and I think that um, the academy is notorious for uh, teaching the brain and not teaching the person, uh -huh. and um, that we have a problem in general with personalizing knowledge. You have to figure out your aesthetic yeah. on your own. Yeah, and I think that... Um, if we, you don't ask. We have a tendency to, you know, we can learn about a critical pedagogy or um, uh, race studies or something like that while forgetting how we might be participating in our daily lives in those ways. And um, if we don't make space for reflection and how to personalize what we learn intellectually, which means breathing and putting it into our bodies, I, I don't even know if that has to be so... Um, I think that's actually quite secular. It's just something we forget because we have a society that sure, sure. doesn't make space. Sure. We have a society that fills up rather than empties out. So, yeah. um, And as I mentioned, I mean, you could yeah. say, well, I do that because I'm a Buddhist or uh, I'm, a, I'm a contemplative uh, sitter. Right. Or you could say, I do that because I've got a room full of people I need to calm down before I'm about to present to them a bunch of dynamic information. And I need to calm down and I'm going to let myself <laughs> be vulnerable in front of them and sure. be quiet and, and take this risk. And I think that... Uh, that has everything actually to do with my work. So I don't actually think that that's so much a tangent. It's the nature of, yes, well, some people would think it was, but it's the nature of things when your work is your walk of life. Well, it's different than if you go sell insurance or whatever. And the first whatever thing you said about human indifference is, you, I mean, you just have to start recognizing that um, we're all affected by prison culture. All of us are. And we... Um, just like we're affected by the labor practices in China, like we're actually in this giant net of um, connections and when I see someone's I used to smoke I don't mm -hmm. smoke anymore cigarettes mm -hmm. when I see someone smoking though I'm so empathic and like I, it almost yeah. like I'm doing anything I can do to keep them from lighting it right. because <clears throat> it makes me feel like right. I'm you know it makes me sick to see right. others so in that sense and that's what enlightened people say that the Christ said I mean we're all of one body right you know? well as and 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 when anybody's ill or when anybody's incarcerated or right. when anybody is it's our uh, problem it, 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 you were you suffer yeah. directly and you yeah. don't know it and you yeah. carry that weight right as an individual constituent but yeah. it's true and that's why it's important that that when there's when there are sociological issues like this that are embedded 
and uh, you well, know, and, and I actually think people want to talk about resolutions it. important. I think that it's running like a, a low frequency current in a lot of people's minds. People are actually troubled by mass incarceration. Mm -hmm. They may feel pressured or compelled to vote for tough on crime stuff or. Um, it's a boogaboo. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe, but for some reason, maybe it hasn't risen to their their sort of conscious thought yet. But as I've been doing this work, I've been surprised at how people have come out to me. It's almost like they're coming out of the closet about their relationship with incarceration. And I mean, when you're talking about something, 6.5 million people who are under some kind of state supervision and about a quarter of the population with some kind of record. Yeah. Um, and then all those people that they meet on a daily basis, if we think about how big our networks are, um, you know, there are people walking about in our worlds all the time that people we maybe know and love who've experienced incarceration or have um, somebody they love dearly who's incarcerated. And uh, I have found in doing this work, people identify me as a safe person mm -hmm. to share these things with. I won't say this person's name, but I was when I was traveling up in Utah, um, somebody who was who had been a professor, um, he said to me, and actually he was he was Mormon, he was an older guy, and he he pulled me aside and he said, my best friend's in prison. He murdered his wife. Wow. He's bipolar. He couldn't help it. And he like pulled me aside like it was a secret he never talked to anybody about. He said, we write letters now and then. And, you know, from the most unexpected places, these people share these things with me. People are troubled by it. They don't know what to do. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And so all I can hope is just in the tiniest way to start a conversation. Sure, you know? sure. Well, and if you don't get out and explore and expose yourself to some degree of risk or another, then you can't know. Right. And you don't know how to help people. Right. And that's why service groups such as Narcotics Anonymous and right. AA, for example, right. are th their first responders in very real sense because yeah. they, whatever they did, dumb enough to do it in the first place. But right. now right. they're the only people who know actually how to pull yeah. someone out of the drink. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same with, with dealing with the prison complex. Right. And that's why it's a matter of whom you know, whether the administrator is a caucus right. or an individual. Right. Um, because, I mean, you know um, – you know, at some level, you, you've got a almost Jungian uh, uh, okay. need for, uh, you know, everyone needs to heal. Right. Um, also in your thesis, art is dangerous when it is leveraged by those in power to prevent disturbance to the status quo or, alternatively, as a pressure valve releasing systemic pressures and controlled bursts that do not threaten systems of power. You also wrote, the United States performance market is extremely difficult in material ways and our capitalist economy has no framework for measuring or compensating the value of theatrical work. So in one of those statements, um, there is a statement with respect to art. Mm -hmm. uh, please elaborate regarding the medium. And and then in, in the other, there's a kind of a secular statement about the secular disposition of the marketplace mm -hmm. in, in the continental United States. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they are complex questions. Give me some, talk about that a bit. I'll start with the second one, a second quote, actually. Um, we do live in a capitalist society, for better or for worse. And um, and the way we measure value in this culture is through money. And um, we don't compensate artists, um, which can... Um, I, I think that we do value art in sort of an abstract way, but when push comes to shove with other priorities, I mean, it's... It, it's a it's a classic story. I don't want to be a sob story about it, but you know when we think about the grade schools and they cut you know arts programming and stuff like that, would because um, uh, fundamentally the intrinsic rewards of art are ethereal. They're hard to um, assess and measure, 
and um, they're humanistic in a way that lead to the development of the person uh, that treats the person as a process and you don't ever reach like a an end point where you can say oh well that person has arrived in a certain way as an artist and yet I mean the best we have for measuring that is celebrities or something like that where we and then of course we compensate them in kind mm -hmm. but um, so we don't uh, we don't have a framework for uh, valuing artists and while while as an artist we might have our our idealism and our romantic aspirations um, we also uh, it can be pretty exhausting over the long haul to I mean speaking as somebody who and again this isn't a sob story this is just the way it is and in some ways I, I benefit from it being this way um, but you know I worked um, as a social worker about 40 five hours a week at my old job and then I would leave my job and then go to the theater and work another eight hours or so every night um, because the the path I've chosen in life in general will not ever support me um, and after a while I think what that does that wears on a person in such a way that they start to bolster the importance of their work um, in sort of self-aggrandizement and in taking vanity projects and navel-gazing in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't really critique that because it is, it's a tough, it's a tough hoe to hoe that in, in um, keeping your enthusiasm and the inertia going. Um, or conversely, I see some incredibly talented and intelligent artists who make what I would consider safe choices so that they're doing something and this then spins into that first quote that um, they do the kind of work that will never s challenge the status quo that will not upset um, a board of directors that has a lot of money and um, status in their community that the, the board of directors will not have to answer any tough questions about the kinds of work that gets done and people do that uh, because it's safe because they can't afford to take risks artistically I mean I, I spent some time last summer in Berlin which is you know in Germany they do support their artists and um, I think it's a, an ecosystem a financial ecosystem that has its own problems which I don't know enough to comment on but um, as far as their art goes there's plenty of artists who are working as artists and um, they don't have they can take all kinds of risks and the quality of their work shows there's innovation there's uh, they're moving the field forward I'm speaking specifically in performance they're moving the field forward in a way that I mean we're still retreading shows that were done in the 40s 50s and 60s um, because they don't threaten anyone and then other than that we have big budget Disney musicals you know the United States is a grand experiment right in maritime colonization and Indeed. precedent setting and in terms of capitalism and currency. I'm ready to put in a report <laughs> on how the experiment's going sure. as well. <laughs> well, and, it, and it's, uh, we are put upon to yeah. 
I mean, it's a it's a public government. Yeah. And that's mm. why the numbers of incarcerated do matter politically. Uh, uh, well, I mean, yeah, you know, they also put prisons in places that need numbers as far as representation so that they can count the bodies in the prison, people who cannot vote, so that there can be more political will given to certain counties and stuff that otherwise wouldn't have it without a large prison population. And that's, and that's for example. constitutionally <laughs> derelict. For example, I mean, in, in what, all 50 states? Yeah. Well, I don't even at this point have that much regard for even the Constitution. I, you know, I think that as far as the experiment of this United States is going, it's um, I, I, I might actually uh, take issue with this idea of our government being public. We can talk about sure. personhood and citizens united on another conversation. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Well, uh, you know, in, it's supposed to be. Uh, it's it's a it is a it is a simple writ that's supposed to be easily defensible, and it's supposed to defend affirm extant natural rights. Sure, and sure. it you know it's arguably unconstitutional that people are doing that with in terms of locating geographically their prisons. Yeah, and very arguably, in fact, it's out of hand or a priori argu- you know well, without argument. You know this ways, so. uh, for this prison project I'm doing up at the federal prison if it ever begins. I've been. Um, reading slash rereading, because I've never read it actually in entirety, I'm embarrassed to admit, um, People's History of the United States. Mm. And, um, you know, even from the very moment that this country started, uh, we have made invisible and left people out from the equation to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it happened at night on wet horses, you know. It was just a mess. People mean well in good faith. Where can people access your thesis or other work of yours? Sure. Some of your cinematic stuff that we don't have time to go into here. I've seen it's compelling, very interesting art in terms of color, in terms of <laughs> in terms of open interpretation. Some very interesting yeah. stuff, like you Actually, in some sort of broom closet in your underwear with a bunch of <laughs> white feathers. Or the other one was, and you put like I'm not sure what it was. It looked like fake blood, but it looked like some kind it of it was bo- real blood. It was cow's heart. Okay. It was a cow, on, it was cow's on a blood. scale. You know, I'm a vegan. Um, I'm a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> but I will say, actually, that piece was part of a performance project. That was just the video component of a live performance piece. So that was just that piece that you're referencing to. It's called On Obsolescence in the Heart. Okay. Um, that was uh, just part of another piece. It I, was terrifying. I, I, yeah. And then the Feathers one, that was actually a class project. Um, I've sort of happened into the video work. It's far from primary. It was like underneath the staircase at ASU campus somewhere. It was in a closet. It was uh, in a fire closet. Um, But uh, anyway, um, uh, I don't have my thesis available. I would because, and I say people should read it, and it's extremely compelling. It's two hundred pages, but it'll be read. Well, I appreciate it. Just make it available when when possible. Well, there's there's political reasons I haven't because I want to still be able to get access to prisons and if um, my work and my general radical political philosophy get into the hands of folks, I don't know that they would give me access. I I I have to be the safe theater maker and director rather than um, the. abolitionist radical who wants to destroy the prison industrial sure. complex you know so um so you do uh, it peaceably and then you, course, you there's there and then you have political support you know? yeah yeah but i think that um i mean this is I'm, I'm responding to you this isn't intended to be a plug but i do have a website and through my website i actually have posted i don't know when the last time you visited um 
my website was, but I, I posted the script for the piece that we developed this past spring. Mm -hmm. The prisoners there were um, adamant. I made it anonymous, so their identities are protected, but they absolutely want the world to read what they created. That changed them. Yeah, yeah, and they, um, it's good work. I mean, I, I say that in the body of all of my work, the work that we did in the prison in spite of obstacles, in spite of the fact that we were in a visitation room with vending machines at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and everybody was in orange, it was, it was a high-quality performance. It wasn't like, oh, it's good for a prison show. It was just a it's good just show. It's good in terms yeah. of the universe. In, in the body of the rest of the contemporary experimental performance work I do, it held its own as a high-quality piece of theater, I think. Um, of course, I have a subjective opinion, um, and it's hard to separate how sort of emotionally transformative and compelling it was, but I, I just think it was a good piece of theater, and I think the script stands as a pretty quality script. Um, so I posted that on my website. There's a link. You can get a PDF of it. Just download mm. it. And What's your website? Um, it's just www.julierada.com. So that's J-U-L-I-E-R-A-D-A.com. Yeah, and I have my prison-based arts there. Um, and there is a way to contact me. So if I'm contacted and I kind of know who I'm sending it to, I would be willing to share a PDF of my uh, thesis document. I okay. just don't want to willy-nilly put it out there. Just the put it out there ad hoc, at large. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for people who are interested in, in um, and also I would say get involved with community theater if you can, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't have any community theater, just well, in general. Uh, don't just get involved. Actually, I think more important than creating theater is seeing theater. Yes, we you need have to start by going. We need consumers because I think that we all know that doing theater is fun for ourselves, but we need audiences and we need people who en enthusiastically support the art that's going on. And uh, let me just make a plug for some <laughs> companies that are doing some really interesting work um, here in town. There's a company called That Dog, Kristinowski. He's, a, he's an activist, an artist who's doing um, sort of micro theater. He used to have a company called Theater in My Basement, and he does really high quality, incredibly poetic work. Um, Teatro Brava, um, that does sort of bilingual work and Latino Latina stories that are centering those narratives. That's good work going on in town. I would highly recommend um, Nero's performance in the Borderlands. That's an initiative that's come out of ASU, but is uh, a woman named Mary Stevens, and but a whole team of folks. Um, they do a work, they do a, a band play reading about every month, but it's sort of an excuse. Uh, they choose kind of highly charged pieces that don't get produced very often because they're challenging. They are these risky pieces. And they do a short reading of them, and then they have a community dialogue. And it's um, the most diverse audiences. And uh, on Tuesday nights, there's, you know, 70, 80 people getting together and having really interesting community dialogues here in town. So I'd really encourage people to go support that kind of work. Phonetic Spit um, is young people doing spoken word work. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is to get out there and show up. Once you're there, then figure out how to get involved, of course. But, um, yeah, go go make community theater. Also, just go see it. Okay, <laughs> and and very good. And uh, people who are interested in in correctional institutional yeah. reform, yeah, um, um, they can start by looking around. And do you have any advice for for yeah, that the I'd listener? Yeah, I'd say um, I would begin with Michelle Alexander's book. It's infinitely readable. I mean, I'm. I have to be honest, I don't actually really enjoy reading nonfiction. I'd much rather be taken away by a story. But she's um, 
she's both incredibly uh, research well researched and articulate, um, and her she can back up her arguments, but she's very easy to read, so it's not overly academic. Her book is called The New Jim Crow, and she talks more, <coughs> most specifically about the war on drugs, but um, that's the best, like, sort of primer I can think of for anybody who wants to understand mass incarceration in the United States. Um, I'd begin there. And then as far as um, arts programming and um, sort of presents reform slash abolition, uh, critical resistance is, um, you can just Google critical resistance, and I think they're the biggest sort of clearinghouse for information. From there, they have a tremendous amount of links for other programs that are doing either prison education or reentry programs or arts programs. Um, there's Hudson Link. Uh, there's Rehabilitation Through the Arts, which does Shakespeare at Sing Sing. Um, there's, oh, I should know these just off the top of my head, but I, I would want to look these up. There's a program in St. Louis. There's, it, it, the thing is, is there's actually a lot of work going on, but it's um, not, there's no sort of centralized place. W there's no real network. It's just a lot of sort of little rogues out there like me <laughs> who are uh, fighting their way into the system and usually driving, you know, 60 to 100 miles to these rural locations and um, they're doing their work and, um, and there's no sort of central place to find out about it. But I would say if you're interested in corrections and prison work it, here in Arizona, Arizona Prison Watch, I think it's azprisonwatch.org, is a good place to get some information. That's a one-woman show, though. It's basically a blog. Um, I'd also encourage folks to look up pen pal programs, as you can probably speak to, to actually just um, connect even with a single person inside. I think the biggest thing that's affecting people inside is their fear that they are disposable and forgotten. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. one letter from somebody, even if you, it's just a, a postcard or something that says, hey, uh, I just want you to know, uh, I hardly know you, but I'm thinking of you, and you know, keep your head up. That goes so far in the morale of folks. So um, you don't have to be a, a radical and you don't have to spend a lot of time on it um, to be involved. I'd encourage people to reach out. Thank you. Julie Rada. Yeah. JulieRada.com. Thank, Thank you, you ma'am, for coming. Keep yeah. up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah.